Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined with our lead pastor each and every week, Darren Tyler. And today we're actually having our worship pastor join us, Mr. Jason Kuhn. Uh, he's going to join us for an interesting conversation. Hello, Welcome, Jason. Shall I sing into the microphone? This microphone makes you want to sing a song. Actually, we would I come in the studio. Well, what we're hoping for Serenade you. us. This is actually hoping to be an audition for me to get into the church band, so Ooh. before this is all over. I don't know, Jason. He runs a tight ship, so we'll see. <laughs> I would we'll never see. make it, dude. I would never make it in our band. So Sunday, Darren led us through Revelation uh, 8 through 11 uh, by kind of talking about the overarching theme of the wrath of God and did a fantastic job kind of summing that up. And you can find that in the most recent podcast, of course, from Sunday. Uh, but there's a lot in there that we didn't get to specifically the seven trumpets. Yeah. I mean, y- you know, the wrath of God, like that's the one, like if you're drawing straws for who who has to teach this week, that's not the one I necessarily wanted to get. Well, you were first in line. <laughs> I, know, so. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But, you know, look, I mean, the, the fact is, is that, you know, I hope that I was able to convey that the wrath of God and the love of God are actually not two separate ideas. You know, I love my kids and you want to hurt them, I'm going to be angry about that. Like, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the vulnerability of God, meaning that, hey, this entire book of Revelation tells us who God loves, what he cares for. Like, it's a really vulnerable book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking, we had lunch today with um, with a, someone from the church, and he was talking about his life and what's happened in his own life. And he he lost his daughter last year, and he was just devastated and but he said on Sunday that what that he like felt that the Lord really prompted him that the passion he feels right now, uh, he didn't realize that anger, anger at what happened is anger against even churches for not having better mental health care, churches not having that. And so that, mm. but that's becoming a passion for me mm. to do something about it. So like, yes, that's it. That is right. revelation. That is God angry at, at what's happening to the earth and has a passion now to 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 sweep the slate clean uh, and to start completely over. So with, with that in mind, it's not that he's wiping us out because he put through the cross, we're under the protection. So we're able to stand those of us in Christ while he rebuilds the place for us. So, mm. so to that end, like that's, that's actually very hopeful. Not, that's not a sad thing. Um, but what we're looking at are these seven trumpets. Yeah. And if we skip over it and I just talk about it that way, then you might be inclined to think that this is just metaphor. Um, in fact, if you've come from more of a reformed camp background, or if you are uh, in the preterist background, you would say that these things have already happened. And so we could get like a really good Bible lesson from it. You know, um, I respect that problem with that is that the book says uh, it's prophecy. I think six times. Donovan Lear would know how many times, but six times it says it's prophecy. So if I'm saying that this is metaphor and I'm saying that this has already happened and we can't, it's not future, then I'm actually disagreeing with what the book says. So I would tend to say that this is still coming, um, that there are things that are written in here that we have not seen yet. And so either A, the Bible's wrong or B, it's still coming. Mm-hmm. So trumpet judgments, right? This is like, if, if we're following the timeline of Revelation, this is uh, after uh, the church has been taken up, right? Chapters four and five, uh, you don't see the church again in the book of Revelation. Chapter six, uh, we begin to see like the judgment uh, of God on the earth, right? And where we are now are in these trumpet judgments. Now, if you've ever been a part of church uh, worship band with a trumpet in it, Maybe Jason has. Jason, you know, oh, I have been. Yes, Did you I guess? Uh, we had little trumpet um, sections, yeah. Really? I mean, or Are you like a horn section or just a trumpet? No, no, that would. It's like having a banjo in the in the worship team. I'm not sure you do that. Sorry, David Shindell. Yeah, well, I was just going to say because we actually in our staff we actually have a guy who used to lead worship I'm, with a trumpet, yes. which might have been its own form of judgment. I don't know. Oh my! <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. Oh, like, man. how do you do that? Like the end of the day, like how do you do? You, it's like, pretty cool. That is very. It's got to be cool. Well, here's the thing. We have money. And if you are listening to this podcast right now and you want to put $5 in this pot, 
<laughs> if we get enough cash, I'll bet we could get him to do that on it's a Sunday. It's a little solo. Shindell, it would be amazing. It would be great, right? Because, I mean, in all due respect to Trump, it's, it's actually a hard instrument. No, it, it's very <laughs> yeah, cool. It's not easy. Yeah, so due do respect to, uh, to Dave on that. But, the, yeah. but that is not the trumpet we're talking about um, at all. Uh, in fact, trumpet in uh, Israeli Jewish time, well, the shofar is what we would have mm. called it. And, and, and you grew up in an AG church, so I'm 100% sure somebody well, at some point let loose the shofar. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you guys smile in the in the Baptist church? Did you guys have no, a shofar? There, there, there were there were no shofars blown. Huh. Um, it, <laughs> was, it was piano only. Okay. I'm embarrassed because we actually someone gave us a shofar at our church, but nobody knew how to use it. <laughs> it just <laughs> I think we put it on the shelf, maybe. Like we didn't know what to do with it. Most people do. Yeah. Well, no. Most I didn't know how to make it work. Like everybody <laughs> took it, you know, took a shot at it, but nobody could make it work. But it came from them. That was a ram's horn that would. Uh, signify battle or signify judgment. Um, I was just reading that when, as Pompey was invading Israel, Jason, you might find this fascinating because we just came back from Israel 18 years ago in March. Uh, when Pompey and Rome invaded uh, Jerusalem in AD 60, or sorry, BC mm-hmm. 63, uh, when they came into the city, the priests were still in the tabernacle, in the temple performing their daily rituals, including blowing a trumpet once in the morning and once in the evening. So even while the battle was raging every morning and every night, a trumpet would, uh, would be blown. And what the trumpet signals was that the, uh, a lamb uh, was about to be burned. Like it was part of their sacrifice, their daily sacrifice. So John writing to Jewish people, to Christians who knew the Old Testament, knew that a trumpet wasn't just what you blow in Zion on the Mm. Sunday morning worship team. Like this was actually saying something. Mm -hmm. And there are seven of them. Um, But the one that, and this is, here's the thing. If you're wondering like, why is Jason here without a guitar? First of all, Jason actually happens to be really fun and intelligent and a blast for a conversation. If you're looking to talk about uh, anything fascinating, whether it's uh, the the desert, what's the thing, the Sahara desert, the the eye in the desert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But Jason and I have had some great conversations about some of this stuff, but here's the thing. The, uh, the, The first trumpet opens here. In Revelation 9. Actually, yeah, my chair is squeaking. That is the trumpet coming out of there. Remind us. Yeah. The fifth angel sounded the trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. Uh, verse 2. And when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. Now, this is some of this language they're going to be familiar from, like Joel and Ezekiel. But what I'm intrigued by is smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of the scorpions of the earth. And it, it talks about like, a lot of bad stuff that to harm the, the grass of the earth, trees burning. But here's what I'm really intrigued by. The abyss is being opened. What on earth is in the abyss? What is the abyss? Where is the abyss? Where is the abyss? Where? Who are these people? And Jason was talking earlier today that Peter talks about who is in the abyss. Mm-hmm. In Second Peter 2, verse 9, I think. Nine is it 9? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, what's interesting is I was going through this and studying this. Number one, there is a familiarity with what happened in the flood and then what is happening now and second peter and actually i think it's in jude as well talks about how the angels who um decided to go outside of their purview their god said this is your this is this is how i'm going to do this to the to the to the the, the angels he said you're going to only have so much uh, leeway, you can only, you have to stay within the spiritual realm, whatever that realm is, I don't know, his parameters. And then he says, um, but you're not to go outside of that. So when the angels, fallen angels came down, they saw the, 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 um, the daughters and thought they were beautiful. Interestingly enough, I need to go and actually look at the, the Hebrew on that, but I, you know, he saw the daughters, he said they were beautiful, he married them, and then they 
procreated. Procreated with them. And then it, it very, it's, it's so interesting that, that God actually said, yo, you guys are going, I'm throwing, because you did that, you are going to be at the deepest pit in the word. What's the word? Turo. Tartararo. It sounds tar-tararo. like a from Hyundai, but it's right. not. Tartararo. <laughs> which, which is interesting, which is it referred to in Second Peter, and that is the, the deepest part of the abyss. It actually says the deepest part of the, of the abyss. And they're chained there. Yeah. So it's interesting. There's, there are already some there. I've always wondered why were there some angels. It doesn't say the lake of fire. It talks about yeah, Tartaratu. The, the lake of fire is different. Yeah, so they're they're held there. So whatever they did was God was like that was a big enough deal. Well, you are going to be chained in the deepest parts of the the word Tartararo. Is that yeah, right? The, the Hyundai Tartararo. Tartararo Hyundai. You are going to be chained there in the deepest abyss. Now, what's interesting is we were talking about this earlier is in, in Revelations nine. The word for abyss is different. It's not that same one. So I was like. Scratching my head, and I know there's probably some ridiculous scholars out there I can tell you, but that abyss is talking about the abyss and how that, that, that abyss is opened back up again. Yeah. And they are loosed out of it. So is it the same abyss? So And re- is it referring to the same fallen angels is, the, I guess, the big question. Yeah. So I think the answer is yes. Um, by the way, so Dante, uh, Dante's Inferno, that ancient literature, uh, when he so that's that's kind of where that language comes from these eight seven or eight levels of hell um that the abuso is one of those levels and and, and modern people say well that's where most of our imagery of, of hell comes from uh, dante um which is actually true problem is is that dante's came from the bible so i don't know you know how you right. do that with, do that what you will but the point being that there is this thing called this abyss this abuso that is not the lake of fire. It's different and it's held. Now that said, I mean, I've, I've, th- this is the part where people start unsubscribing from the podcast. Okay. <laughs> p- potentially. Potentially. What if that's what a black hole is? Like where nothing gets out of, no light, no, like the, we actually know that those things exist. Never thought about that. That there's something in there that doesn't end. But at that point, here's what we do know. That at that moment, at this moment in Revelation 9, the first trumpet is to say to the people of earth, mm-hmm. Here, you got it. You wanted it. Here you go. I have held back these, uh, the abuso. I've held back these d- demonic, wh- whatever these demons were, they're bad enough that they've been locked up. They're not, they're not, not all demons are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I, I've met some of them. <laughs> right. I've met some of them in East Africa, and they're not the friendliest bunch. But the fact is, is that some happen at some point. That said, mm. we're going to put them there. Now, that said, right. Jesus said in Matthew 27 that as it was in the days of Noah, mm-hmm. so it will be again in the coming of the Son, the day of the Son of Man. And we can all sit around here acting like Genesis doesn't talk about fallen angels having sex with humans, but it, it, does. it does. And it doesn't f- hide it. No, it's not. It's, like, it's really interesting. It doesn't. Yeah. And don't you think the Bible, he always has a point. When, when the Bible put, when you see it in the Bible, there's always a reason why it is there. Yeah, it, it is. And Jesus, I mean, I've said this before, but it's worth repeating, though. You know, you have a problem with Genesis. You actually have a problem with Jesus. So people who tell me they follow mm-hmm. Jesus, but they have a problem with Genesis, that's an intellectually dishonest yeah. thing, because Jesus believed in Genesis. Right. Now, if you want to tell me that you're an atheist and I don't believe in Jesus, whatever, that's at least an intellectually tenable position. This whole idea that uh, that Genesis or the Old Testament is something that we can't really hold on to because we just don't like it. But Jesus, that's all he ever quoted was the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, men will be eating and drinking and it'd be just like. But the fact is, is that what was going on in the days of Noah, where there were also these angelic fallen angel beings that were on the earth earth mm-hmm. making trouble you know when when angels came to lot's house the this the the men of the town that wanted to come in to have sex with the yep. uh, angels like they weren't building up going dude let me see you got angels in there hang on man that's crazy come out i want to see the they're just like oh they're here let's have sex with them like it was like a thing that seemed to have been normal in ancient times mm-hmm. and before you unsubscribe <clears throat> um I mean, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics have 
flying saucers in them. They, mm-hmm. they have things, something it was on Earth that was there that they, they record, whether they were myths or legends, it could be debated or whatever. But the fact is, something was here, and they were being incredibly naughty. And the Nephilim, this idea of this race that was half fallen angel, half uh, human, mm-hmm. you know, theologians um, make a pretty darn good case that that's one of the reasons for the flood, because... Yes. The, 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 the genetic code of man was being messed up and there had to be a restart on it. And there's something interesting. This is what I think as Christians, we can be afraid to, by the way, let me, let me sidestep this for a moment. I'll come back to the, the Nephilim and release the Nephilim. Human beings. Uh, one thing I loved when we were in Israel, when we went to Magdala, you got, you, this is why you got to go. It's just both y'all need to go. We walked up to the synagogue in Magdala, yeah, it was where glorious. Jesus hung out. And one of the things that our tour guide said was the scholars and the, and the people and the rabbis would come into the, into the synagogue and they would just hang out and talk about the scriptures and pontificate and just talk about it. Right. I think growing up for me, and I, I had a great upbringing. It's great, but I'm, I'm, the mindset is don't ever question and don't ever delve into things that are weird. And I get that. I mean, I get not going way outside the box. I understand that staying in the scripture, but I never would have imagined that the Bible was it was so clear that angels and God wanted us to know this. They came down to deceive. Now they de- they deceived. Yeah, yeah. And and here's the other thing. This is true. Is uh, this is gives this gives Satan no credit because he's always behind the eight ball in my in my estimation, but he was trying to get in the bloodline, possibly, of Christ in that seed in that blood starting from the the the, the tree. Yeah, he knew the seed of the woman was going to do what? Yeah, crush he was going to crush his head. So he's constantly trying to interrupt the seed. And my whole point of that is, it happened back in the days of Noah. He's always trying to, he's, not, he's, he's smarter than we are. Yeah. And, he, and he knows the scriptures probably better than most of us. So it's interesting, though, he always is trying to um, deceive, get in the way of, interrupt what God ultimately wants to do. Even, even having the knowledge yeah. that he's going down. But do you think, though, I have this feeling that he is so deceived, he actually thinks he could pull this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right. Yep. You know, um, that there's a deception so deep in him. Mm. Because when, you, when I think about this in the future and what this might look like even on our planet, like Jesus' words through Matthew, uh, Mark, Luke, whenever he, whenever he was talking about this, watch out that you not be deceived. Yes. Watch out that you're not deceived. <clears throat> and... You know, Satan's greatest power from the beginning was not in his ability to pull a rabbit out of his hat or to do miraculous things, even though that's a part of it. It was lying. It was deceiving. Mm. And, you know, the whole idea from the garden beginning was, did God really say? Mm -hmm. And what's happening in these trumpet judgments, you know, Jesus coming. So these seals have been opened, right? We talked about that. This is Jesus taking possession of the property that is his. Mm. Um, and the idea is that we're his property. Like we are sealed. We have that seal on us. And so Jesus is coming back to claim that. And so Satan would want to do, you know, kind of what we're seeing a lot in the streets right now, uh, which is, Hey, I'm just going to burn everything. I'm, I'm going to destroy everything. Mm. I mean, there's that chaos scene in, uh, Batman, right? Where uh, trying to figure out why is Joker doing this? And some people just want to watch the world burn. Right. You know, there's, the, there's a level of evil that is from the abyss and the abuso. And I think that that's why this is the first trumpet, because this is Jesus opening up and saying, you guys wanted your way. Okay. I've been holding this back for thousands of years. And these crazy weirdo angels are, this is exactly part of what you wanted. Mm. I've been holding all this back and now I'm letting them loose to let you have what you have wanted. And again, we talk about it, man, everything, Jesus, through all of this, there's angels coming. We're going to see in a minute, these two witnesses and the word of God and the scroll and the preaching, there will be people who will come to Jesus from it, but he has to do this to get the earth to where he can then rule and reign in purity and perfection for eternity. 
This is a cleaning of house. The people, if you have gone through this and you still don't repent, okay, you're not, you can't be around for, you know what I mean? Like if the neighborhood bully refuses to be a nice kid, he just doesn't get to come to the party anymore. Hmm. And so this is a, a sort of a, of a you know cosmic version of this. But when I think that this idea of these being released from whatever this abuso abyss is, mm-hmm. that, um, and I'll take it a step further. This is the part where people actually start unsubscribing. Uh, you can't hardly turn on the television right now. You can't turn on a newspaper because you turn newspapers on now. They're not. You don't right. read them anymore. <laughs> uh, a podcast where somebody is not talking about space aliens. It gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a fringe thing anymore. In fact, if you're a parent or a grandparent listening right now, you think Darren lost his mind. I dare you to go ask your kids, especially if they're 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, if they believe there's life on other planets, what do they say? Um, I ask my kids and they all say, yeah, statistically speaking, probably. Um, and by the way, that doesn't negate our faith. If that's true. I mean, God right. been around for a trillion years. I, what, I don't know what he was doing. Right. You know, who knows? But I think, though, that what we're being prepared for right now is if what is if that is what God uh, is warning, Jesus is warning, don't be deceived. Because you mm-hmm. talked like literally I'm talking Joe Rogan, like every other every other episode right now. Uh, Tim Ferriss. These guys are all talking like, yeah, we're about to make first contact. Like they're talking about at the, at the government level right now that we have in our possession something that's been made that but was not made on Earth. You know, there's this, uh, the Skinwalkers, I blew Chris and Tasha Caldwell's mind. We watched uh, the Skinwalker Ranch on uh, the History Channel. You've done it now. I've that's, done it. That's, that's a, have you, have you dove no. into that what? at all, Jason? Oh, dude, oh, you have not, Jason? No. Oh, dear. You have to, let's stop right now. And you go, go binge it. it and come back. Okay. No, there's a point, like, so this is weird. Like, it's like, and the, again, this isn't like Art Bell after midnight. These are like U.S. government officials on a ranch in Nevada. Hmm. Yeah, ranch in Nevada with some really questionable, scary, inexplicable, unexplainable events that seemingly can only be done by life or something uh, that defies any of the laws of nature that we know. Not from this planet. Hmm. Over years and years. Yeah. um, and And they still have no explanation. Well, and the it. devil and demons don't have anything better to do. I mean, their whole their whole existence, I would imagine, is probably to deceive the people of God and keep people away from Christ. And, and, and it, we go back really quick to Genesis, because mm-hmm. we there's nothing new under the sun. And in Genesis, the reason why they can't... The, the, so the, the, the angels come down and they have sex with the daughters. And then they have what we call the Nephilim. And here's my now. Now I'm going to go on the on the on the edge because I don't know fully, but the theme makes sense. The Nephilim become. We've talked about this. Is that you ever you know Zeus and all the gods of all right. the mythology? Yeah. If you look at the mythology, it's very close to what, if not if not spot on with what the Bible is saying. So they have these Nephilim. Now these Nephilim are the gods mm-hmm. having sex with the humans and creating these odd creatures that have a little bit of the godlike powers and a little bit of human powers and they're set up as gods i'm i thinking was this idea of deceiving people even back then and i'm thinking of we talked about the eye of africa which we won't go into it <laughs> but the idea that that people would have worshiped these these beings yeah they would have worshiped them as, as gods yes so they're deceiving and they're always trying to go hey look over here not at jesus look over here not at jesus look over here and they're always trying to get people off of God yeah. and the truth. For Joe Rogan, God bless him. I'm just thinking a lot of these people, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say there's not aliens or anything, but why is Jesus not enough? Why is the, the very simple idea that there is a God and a, an evil force against God, a, a Satan, and they want to deceive you and... The one that doesn't like you wants to think, make you think that he doesn't exist, but there's something. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're always as humans wanting to go, and this, this is everything. We're always wanting to go somewhere besides Christ. I, I, you know, he's not enough. 
So I've got to go figure out. There's got to be more crazy, and it's got to be a bigger idea, and it's got to be new, the new revolution. You know, when people have to come up with new revel- revelations from Scripture, uh-huh. there's always messed up. Oh, it's always trouble. They always end up trying to marry your wife at that point. At some point. <laughs> or have like, multiple. <laughs> no, yeah, so, I like mean, somewhere yeah. in the cult, always it starts with a new revelation, right? and it ends up he wants to marry your yeah. wife. Like, it's it, that's always the logical conclusion of it. I, when you think, like you said, with Rogan or whoever, and one of these guys who are talking about it, that uh, if you are Satan— and you show up as a demon with a pitchfork, right? With a tail and the horns or whatever, like a Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Nobody's going to be tricked by that. Mm. I'm not deceived by that. If anything, Satan spent the first half of this century making us think he doesn't exist, that he's just a guy in a red suit with, yeah. you know, with a cape and he's whispering in your ear or whatever. I think that the second half of this now, because you listen to these guys that are brilliant men, Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, Joe mm-hmm. Rogan, or was one we were talking about, but these are guys that are avid atheists, but they're willing to say, yes, probably we were seeded by aliens from another planet. Right. Like, that's not crazy. That's not crazy, but, right. but, but believing in God is, is crazy, right? Yeah. So, but, but the point is, is, at some point, someone has to say in, in like intellectually honest opinion, we didn't just you know, stop sniffing each other's butts one day and monkeys and suddenly no. now we're in space. Like we, no. th- something stopped between that and us that where we were created. And so their, their best guess is that maybe space aliens came and seeded life on earth. Funny enough that it would be angels that came to the daughters of like, it's not, a, the, the, that's it's a, not, not outside a, the, right? right. It's just that if they were to show up and this is how, and look, this is 100% thus saith the Darren. Okay. This is, I'm not going to make a Kirk Cameron movie about this, but if you think about it and you wanted to deceive the nations mm-hmm. and you show up and we, we now define it as first contact, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And if that's what happens, I don't know. I just know that if, especially if you're a young person, you're listening to this in 20 years after the rapture and we're all watching from heaven, don't follow the alien. He's going to kill you. <laughs> this is not, is <laughs> not good. It's not good. No. Um, but that said, I, I just, that's only the first trumpet, but he's opening up this trumpet, mm. opens up this abyss and whatever has been held back up until now. Mm-hmm. So even right now that, 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 that abyss is closed, it's locked and whatever is in there is mm. locked. And we, and I'd like to keep it that way, but eventually it's coming out because, uh, eventually Satan and everybody's going to be thrown back into that abyss. And then eventually, of course, they're going to be thrown into a lake of fire itself. Mm. But for right now. As bad as it is on the earth, uh, I think it's only as bad as it is. It could be way worse because this Abuso and whatever these creatures are that God has been holding back are there. This is part of the fullness of what we want. That's, is it, before you move, that's interesting because I thought, what's so big about these, these angels that came down out of their, uh, some of the translations say out of their home? Um, yeah, maybe they are a different. Again, I'm now. Now I'm shooting way in there because, but a different level of of angel. And there's the archangels, right? I don't know any other. Do you know any other angels besides the archangels? Any other class, so to speak, <laughs> class of angels? There's the archangels, right? Yeah, they definitely then, have like levels and job descriptions. And, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, yeah, definitely that these ones. I don't want to say are special, but they are at least they committed a special act, which brought them into the into the depths of the abyss. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Whatever it was, God was like, okay, that, that was too far. That's too far. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that no more. Right. Um, and you think about it. Look, I mean, it talks about they, they had the face of a man, right? I mean, they, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a fascinating thought. I, they had as a king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek Apollyon, that is destroyer. Uh, there that's, it is. It's not yeah, you, you start bringing those names out. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Pollyanna. Yeah. Yep. So the first woe has passed. The other woes are yet to come. Like we're just right. getting warmed up in the woes. A lot of woes. Um, but so these trumpets, I'm sorry. I, that was. Well, the, first, the, the first trumpet talks about yeah. the earth being burned and the trees being burned. A yeah. third of the earth burned. A third of the trees burned. Um, and then it gets to the sea. This, you know, the second trumpet is a third of the sea is blood. A third of the creatures die in the sea. Um, right. So on and so forth. But it's interesting that so you know with Noah's Noah's Ark and the flood, mm-hmm. he promised to never flood the earth again. And like, but this second round starts with fire. Interesting. So it goes from water mm. to fire. 
I just find this it's, it's interesting. It's, we're, we're not going to be flooded out again, right? Right. But now it's going to be fire, and I just mm. I'm curious about that. Yeah, the language of fire in scripture, uh, man, it's always of judgment. Mm. Um, and what about refining? What does yeah. it have to do? What is it refinement? Is that any part of that, or is it complete judgment? Well, even refining is judgment. Mm. That's good. I mean, it's a it's a moment of like burning off the stuff, and, and but it's it's so funny because you think of it as a negative judgment, but mm. as it Second Corinthians where Paul talks about that you'll be saved, but only as if by fire, mm-hmm. the wood, the hay, the stubble will burn. Yes, um, which sounds like oh that really sucks, but the fact is is that you know what there's a lot of wood, hay, and stubble that I have in my life that I actually don't want to have with me in eternity. Mm. Um, I don't want to remember that stuff. So burning away the wood, the hay, the stubble is a is a, actually a gift of mercy, and the good stuff. Uh, in fire is made better by fire, not worse. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, uh, the, I think I said at the beginning, but the trumpets that the lamb is about to be burned, the fire is coming one way or the other, and you can hide in the lamb and the lamb takes the fire for you or you're on your own in the fire. Mm-hmm. And the imagery of that, you're right. I mean, I'm saying this is the first trumpet. This is actually the fifth trumpet. I've been saying the first trumpet the whole time. The first five tr- or four trumpets here. It's like, kind of like the way that, uh, that the first judgments happen in Revelation 6. It's like they, they actually seem to deal with life on earth itself. So the land, uh, the water, the sea. Yeah. The sea. Um, and, and look, th- there's a part of me even in that that thinks, you know, there's a political agenda uh, about climate change. There's no question that there's a mm-hmm. political agenda with it. And at the same time, there's no question that we as humans have done a really, really crappy job of taking care of this earth. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in Revelation 11, one of the things that it says that Jesus is angry about and is judging is because they, quote, destroyed his earth. Like, that's a part of it. And so when you think about uh, whether it's through nuclear war or whatever it would be, I, th- to me, that feels almost like the, the first four always feel like they're the passive wrath of God. And then you start into the fifth, sixth, seventh, becomes more the active wrath of God. Mm. And so this him opening the abyss, the abuso, uh, is after those first four of which, again, and I may be wrong. Maybe this is God just saying, oh, you know what? This one's going to do this. And this is very much a very active part of his wrath. But either way, a third of the earth is torched. A, ter- a third of the water is bitter. It's Yeah, the, the, the third trumpet says a star called Wormwood yeah. turns a third of the fresh water bitter. Are you talking Nutty Wormwood? And is it in uh, in the in Russian? Is Ukrainian? Dr. Ukrainian. Okay, yeah. The Ukrainian word for uh, wormwood is Chernobyl. Yeah, that's right. Which obviously alludes to nuclear activity uh-huh. and bitterness. Water, like the bitter. If you've, yeah, it's, it's no longer drinkable, consumable. Right, right. Obviously, if you don't have fresh water, humanity suffers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it's we're not talking just about the sea, right? Like this is potable. Drinkable. Yeah, it doesn't say the sea; it says fresh water. Yeah, mm. water with it. And so, so whether that again is God striking it, or whether that is Chernobyl, another Chernobyl-esque accident on Earth, what we know is that a third of the Earth uh, is in trouble, and we're not, and we're barely warmed up. <laughs> right? Like this is a third of the Earth. Why? Why all thirds? So in the Old Testament, there's like, we call this the judgment of the thirds. Um, I'm not an expert in it, but it is, you see it over and over again in the prophets and Elijah, uh, or Elijah, actually it's Elijah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Um, there's just something about that, that the, the, you know, how God is so consistent with numbers, six, mm-hmm. you know, the number of man, seven, the number of perfection. And, you know, three is the Trinity. Yeah, uh, that's where third. my mind goes. Yeah. But a third uh, is—it's just the judgment of the thirds. It's a—it's a very consistent picture throughout Scripture. So again, you're looking at this, and these Hebrew readers are like, "Oh, I totally familiar with that. Like, I remember that. Mm. A third mm. of the angels fell from heaven, right? A third of Israel fallen into the pit when the earthquake happened. A third, like, it's just, just a, a, a thing. Wow. And I, so I don't know if it's a—if it has something to tie to the Trinity or not. But it's for, it's for sure not a foreign concept in Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that. You know, think about right now, think about how bad the earth is right now when we're only talking about a fraction of 1% of the people uh, that could die of a coronavirus and how much that has just upended our earth. Mm-hmm. 
Now think of a virus that kills a third of the people. What would that do to the planet? You know, Mm -hmm. just the fear alone, right? Yeah, that might be considered a a real pandemic. (laughs) Potentially, yes. (laughs) Right. Jason at (laughs) conduitchurch.com. Hey, the sixth angel sounded his trumpet. And I heard a voice, this is 9 verse 13, voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. And it said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who were bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and a day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. This is why I say, by the way, I wonder if these first four are like the, the passive wrath of God. And then this is the active. This is God saying, it's, we're about to be done with this. Um, so have you been to the Euphrates River? I have not. It goes right through the middle of Iraq. You know who's been to the Euphrates River is uh, Grady. Mm-hmm. Um, Saddam's palace was on the Euphrates. Mm-hmm. Which I find fascinating. River. So it says the four angels, right, come to what point of the Euphrates? Uh, to the great, just who bound at the great river Euphrates. Great river Euphrates. Yeah, which is the bound, bound, bound to it. Hmm. I've, so I've wondered um, if there's an imagery in that somewhere. The the original, when you look at the the land that God promises Abraham back in Genesis, it, mm-hmm. when you talk about the West Bank, it, the question is which West Bank are we talking about? Because He promised him to the Euphrates River, hmm. and so. You know, it's where these angels are at the river Euphrates is actually the boundary of where God promised the land of Israel. So maybe he's just waiting at that moment and releasing them in to go into, I, I promise them this land. I wasn't kidding here. Oh, that's get, very interesting. Right? Hmm. Um, Could the four angels be north, south, east, and west? I, I, I mean, it's just that these specifically. So there is there are four angels that were at the four corners of the earth. Um, I think that's chapter six. These specifically, now, the, by the way, I've heard someone say that these, so, uh, this is, and this is a very, very plausible, that these, whether it's trumpets or uh, the Revelation 6, whatever, like these judgments, the bold judgments, whatever, are um, all different, ver- different explanations of the exact same instance. Um, so these four angels might just be the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right, from mm. chapter 6. It could, could okay. be. Yeah. Um, it very well could be that because if you start doing the math on the earth being destroyed, we're, we're running out of earth to destroy. <laughs> so, so unless we're running like concurrent plans here, you know, it's very possible that that's what's going on. Um, but it does say that the, you know, the number of, uh, this is, this part is fascinating to me. Um, and this is, and by the way, as I think this through, this is probably where I would land with it. Um, cause it says that the number of mounted troops was Twice, 10,000 times, 10,000, I heard their number. Um, isn't that the 200 million man army? Mm-hmm. Uh, very plausible that what we're experiencing right now with China is just a warm up to what's to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, that country has been killing their daughters for decades. Uh, the, the, the population, because you only, the, which they've recently stopped, but they've been doing this for decades, the, the one child policy. So you, they've been aborting little girls, which means they have an enormous amount of mm. men. Yeah, one child, male only. One male only, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if you're a father, mother, and you're trying to carry on your family name and you have a daughter, they end up uh, either giving the daughter away or aborting them until they have a son. And so what do you do with, you know, a couple billion people? Oh, my gosh. Um, and, you know, we've seen it, I mean, all over the world, man, I've seen it. I've talked about it on here. You cannot go to Africa, especially East Africa, and not see Chinese companies everywhere mm-hmm. building roads from the ports of Kenya to the northern Uganda where there's oil. There's a deep water port in Kenya that, they're, uh, that they've loaned the money to. If, if you're a country that is uh, really not that concerned with human rights and you kind of just, I'm kind of done with all the games in the Middle East mm-hmm. and I really need my oil now, it would make total sense just to literally move across the Pan-Asian Highway, which is being built mm-hmm. from China all the way through the Middle East and just be done with it. Um, when John wrote this, there weren't even 200 million people on the earth. Mm. Like it was the, the entire population of the earth wasn't 200 million. And so he's writing a word right now. So it's entirely possible that that's what's, what it's talking about. And it certainly makes sense. It certainly had the power. 
And again, you talk about, you know, is it near, is the coming of Christ near? Is it, there's never been a time in history, except for in the last few decades, where there's even been a country that could give 200 million, let alone had right. 200 million people right. in it. But coming to the Middle East uh, for the horses uh, and riders, I saw in my vision look like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, yellow, as sulfur. Uh, the, the heads of the horses resembled heads of lions. Uh, out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. You know, is, is John seeing demonic things, or is he just seeing uh, our machinery of war, and this is the best he mm-hmm. could come up with to describe it? Who knows? I know I don't want to be there. Uh, a third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. And the power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads which inflict injury. Just fascinating stuff. Yeah, you know... Everything seems to be in the, in the world where things are not symmetrical. They're not consistent. Like if a horse is not a horse, it has a tail of a, yeah. what is it? A horse a is scorpion. a scorpion. Scorpion. So it is interesting. Um, I need to do more study on that. But it is interesting that the combination of men, like the face of man, the hair of a woman, the, these combinations of animals and humans is really, really do you know, have you studied much about that? I have not, other than the imagery is, is per, it permeates scripture, whether it's in heaven, the beasts, you know, the, mm-hmm. the face of a man, the body of like it. And some of that is, it just tells the story of uh, the, the power of who they are, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see that this is carried on in this. Yep. But I want to say this, though, and this is probably, I, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to start landing this plane pretty quick here. But... Uh, what is interesting to me after everything we just read, okay, seven trumpets, or I'm sorry, we're at six trumpets, beasts and hundred million man armies. And, uh, but verse 20 of chapter nine and the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. Hmm. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, wood, idols that cannot see, hear, or walk. They did not repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, hmm. or their thefts. These are people. God is not being arbitrary and capricious. If you've experienced this and say, you know what, I'm going to hang on to my belief abortion. I'm gonna it's my body, it's my choice. I'm not gonna believe this. If you're holding on to, you know, we talked about Sunday, but uh, magic arts is the word pharmakia, the word for pharmaceutical, if I'm gonna mm-hmm. believe and whether that's because again it's fascinating. Like in our culture right now, uh whether you're listening to podcasts and they're using mind altering drugs in the seventies that became like taboo, but now it's like, you know, I keep referring to Joe Rogan, but I mean that's what they're doing. They're literally, you know, Recording a podcast while burning down a fat one and taking mind altering drugs as like a thing now. But the point being, the pharmacia isn't like David Blaine magic. This is pharmaceutical, uh, mm-hmm. ph- pharmaceutical stuff. Uh, there's sexual immorality or their thefts. You know, just this past month, uh, the process has begun right now. It's, it's pedophilia is, is, no. I mean, just in California this last week, they passed this law where. Uh, uh, you know, a, a, a homosexual man having sex with a homosexual minor is no longer considered like it's the, the penalty has been way lessened for it. It's just a fascinating turn yeah. of events. And the idea that, well, they're not pedophiles because they're, they're 16 instead of like, that's justified. But the point being that that's Rome, like that's literally Rome, Rome, Rome is chapter one talking about that stuff. That you... It reminds me again that there's no new sin. Yeah. There's nothing new. And it also reminds me of, What's the scripture? I should grab it real quick if you want. Like the reality is found in Christ. And I'm sure I forget what translation that is. But what Jesus does is he brings us to the, I don't want to say the middle. He brings us to the truth. So he brings us to the rock where we go, oh, there is an actual rock. It's not whatever you want to think. And um, more and more, I think think in in this world where we're, we're lured by Every kind, especially in this country, we're lured by every kind of opportunity and desire. And then we're told that it's okay. You know, it's nice that we don't have to come up with our own opinions on it. We go back and go, Jesus is not that confusing. (laughs) 
he's just really not that confusing about yeah. what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. And and I might add, not that oppressive, meaning the stuff that he's asked of us, like he's designed us to be a certain way. And so when we live that way, it actually, our lives are pretty good. Like we're, it's not that we don't have trials or tribulations, but you know, when I love my wife well, like mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, living her the way that Christ loved the church, the way that he commanded us to love, that actually goes pretty well for me. Mm. You know, maybe Satan's greatest deception, and we always talk about his greatest deception, but is the fact that he lets you think that your way is the best way. And therefore, if you go your way, you're going to be most happy. But I, I was thinking about this years ago. I remember, remember hearing talking about homosexuality. And and again, I'm, I'm not, uh, of course, we love everybody. Of course. No, duh. Yes. I don't have to say that. I mean, that's what Christ did. So I got my own stuff that I got to deal with. But the idea that homosexuals live way less, uh, uh, their, their lives are, are like, their average age is 48. They're only usually married for two years, and they have multiple partners, and they get diseases. More likely. You can go say, no, go look at it. I, I read this. It was a 19-page document from the U.S. government. It was, or it was not a Christian, a Christian a paper. And so the idea that the truth and reality, and some of us only, and somebody maybe needs to hear this too, is that you need to be told again, because you live in a world where um, if someone says something against somebody else or another person, you take offense to it, and therefore you block out like, yes, you're not supposed to say that. That's not wrong, and there's not wrong and right. That's not true. There's wrong. There's right. There's life. There's death. And it just yeah. brings me back to that again. We, we, we are not on a free-for-all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, intuitively, at the core, we know it. If I were to go to my kids this afternoon and say, hey, family meeting, and say to my kids, hey, I would like to now invite uh, pornography into my marriage well, with, my, with my family. Like, the answer is, of course, like, that's crazy, Dad. You don't right. do that. And I would take a step further and say that of, of many of the marriages that I have counseled, that I have seen fall apart. That if they're deadly honest with themselves, it did start with pornography. It started with, now my wife can't perform the way that I thought that because mm-hmm. that's how they did it in that video. And it, the point being that when it talks about sexual mm. immorality, it, it, it's the whole swath. Right, right. Sure. Of it. Me saying to my kids, you know what? It's just who I am. I'm a guy. I really like to look at naked ladies. Right. I'd like to look at more of them. Right. Um, that's just who I am. And I might add this right. and say this, by the way, if someone is struggling with, with any sort of a sexual sin at all, the word struggle is an important word in that. Paul talks about struggling with sin, wrestling with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when I give up and throw up the white flag and say, no, this is just who I am. This is just who I'm, that's how right. I'm going to be. That is when the fight is over and that is the, that's Romans one, mm. refusing to give up there. His grace is sufficient. That's why that whole, yes. you know, Romans 7 is so brilliant for all of us. Why do I do the things I don't want to do? I don't want to do this and I do it. I'm supposed to do this and I don't. And it's like this, it's literally the, every human in Christ, that's mm. our struggle. And the problem only starts if I say, I'm done with this. I'm not going to struggle anymore. I'm going to do the things I'm not supposed to do. I'm not going to do the things I'm supposed to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I love about it, Romans 7, and this takes us back to Revelation 9 here, but he said this, who will, at the end of 7, who will save me from this body of sin, this thing, that mm. I, who will save me? And man, I don't know, I'm 49. I thought that stuff was going to go away a long time ago. You know, young Micah is with us today. I got a newsflash that does not uh, go away at 49. Maybe it's 60. I don't know. Buford, could you tell me? But at my age, I, you know, there's, that's just still a thing. And But man, Romans 8, he was right into that. Who, so Romans 7, very end of the chapter, who will save me, thank God, through Christ Jesus, right? He'll do that. Therefore, verse 1, chapter 8, verse 1, there is the therefore now no condemnation to those mm-hmm. who are in Christ Jesus. And so whether your struggle is with same-sex attraction, whether your mm-hmm. struggle is with multiple sex attraction, whether right. you're whatever, like take it back to the cross. Because yes. what's happening here, these are people, there's, I think it was Tracy Rogers who said, there's a lot of people that feel regret, but there's not a lot of people that are repenting. Mm. Um, and repenting is to say, man, I'm changing my mind. This is not working. I'm not going to yes. do it this way. These are people that are saying, 
I want it my way. Right. Uh, I'm, I will not have you be the Lord over me. And again, if Jesus is coming back to set up a millennial kingdom, if Jesus is coming back to set it up the way that it was meant to be, the way that everybody wants it to be, the right. people that are yelling in Portland and Seattle, right. the people when Martin Luther King marched across the bridge at Selma, our brothers and sisters in, in Southeast Asia in slavery right now, the thing we're all crying out for is mm. Eden. And Eden cannot have murders and thefts and sexual immorality. And it's not because God is a cosmic buzzkill, but because he knows that that we're going to hurt each other with that stuff. So he's wiping it out. And in the middle of this, and this is actually probably what I'm going to talk about on Sunday, by the way, the angel and the little scroll. It's Mm. a fascinating little vignette Mm. right out of the book of Ezekiel. Uh, It's like a fortune cookie. Right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I got to tell you, there's a couple of times I've ate at a Chinese restaurant where I did have a bitter stomach. It tasted great coming in and not on the way out. But, uh, but at the end of Revelation 10, um, Revelation 11, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. is the, the last trumpet, uh, the seventh trumpet. And on that seventh trumpet, when it sounds, I, I think... Uh, it's the picture, and it, obviously there's still there's still a little bit of there's some bumpy water still. Revelation chapter six, whatever nineteen. But when he opens that seventh trumpet or sounds that seventh trumpet, the voice in heaven said, "The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Messiah, and He will reign forever and ever." These seals that were being opened in Revelation 6 were about property that was being reclaimed, foreclosed upon, and the owner is back and he's going to get his property. The seven seals are open. The seventh trumpet is now here. I think this is, I mean, uh, Cody and Audrey Cawthon closed on their house this morning. They went to a title office and they signed paperwork. Congratulations, Cody and Audrey. This is Jesus signing the paperwork Mm -hmm. for earth. It's his. And the 24 elders seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces, worshiped him saying, worship you. We thank you. Give thanks to you, God almighty. This is Revelation 11, verse 17. The one who was, who is, because you've taken great power, your great power, and you've begun to reign. The nations were angry. Boy, is that the truth right now? The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name. Those of us in Christ, right? Those of us that were, there's rewards, which we can talk about someday, both great and small. And this is that scripture I referenced earlier, uh, verse end of verse 18, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. I mean, I was listening to NPR just today, and they were talking about um, a guy, some British author, uber, uber liberal, talking about the proletariat and, but here's the thing, like he's, the dude is straight up Marxist, like 100% Marxist guy. But the thing that he was right about is that these countries, like our country, many countries, when you're going into East Africa, West Africa, and you are taking their minerals and their, uh, and we're not paying a fair price for it, like the, and destroying the earth in the process. And, and look, I appreciate Steve Jobs as much as the next guy. I love my iPhone. I love that the guy could do yoga or whatever it was he was doing over there. But the fact of the matter is, is he has built an empire on stolen stuff from African countries built in China by, and they can say all day long that they're trying to make sure, and they all are trying to make sure, of course they are. They wouldn't, they couldn't be a good Democrat if they weren't trying to make sure that the, the people were being taken care of. But the fact of the matter is, is they can't make sure. Right. You're getting minerals out of Congo and you're telling me that you've been able to make sure that those were conflict free. Give me a freaking break. Mm. And this is not how that's happening. This is happening right now. I mean, this is in the news yes. this past week. I mean, yes. it's a class action lawsuit. Oh, I didn't know that. With Microsoft, um, Google, Apple, Tesla, and maybe two other companies. I think there's six involved. It's a class action lawsuit about this very thing, about that, what's happening in Africa. Who, do you know who's actually bringing the lawsuit? Are the African countries? Yes. Wow. Fascinating. So you get into these like kleptocrat kleptocrappers. <laughs> That's the kleptocrapter, the new item for anyway, the, the kleptocracies, like, yeah. uh, like Congo. They're using this money to fund conflict. Like they're 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 using the money to mm. so that they're they're getting money, but it's being ripped off, and it's the people at the end of the day. And my point is, if you're God, that just doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we're done with that. And to be able to live in a world 
where we can enjoy the finer things, we can enjoy the technology, we can enjoy, and knowing that nobody was stolen from or murdered or raped or that's, I, I don't know, we're, by some accounts, we're 7,000 years into human history. Isn't it about time that we admit that we're not going to be able to pull this off? None of it. Yeah. Like only which when Jesus returns, the government will be on his shoulders. Mm. He is going to reign forever and ever. That is what he's coming back for. This isn't arbitrary. It's not capricious. It's not a God raging that we can't trust. This is a God whose anger has moved him to passion to get something done, to wipe the slate clean and to make it the way that it was meant to be, which is why then verse 19 God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the Ark of the Covenant. And there came flashes of lightning and rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a severe hailstone. You know, the question, of course, is why didn't Indiana Jones find the Ark of the Covenant, right? Uh, what if it's not on earth? What, what if it has been removed? But what, whether that's the literal one or not, what we do know is this. What that indicates is that the presence of God is no longer going to exist in heaven. It will exist on earth with us. And we know this, that the man, imperfect, sinful man, cannot live in the presence of God without yeah. dying. Right. So when his glory comes to earth, those who are not, again, the fire is coming, whatever you want to call it, but those of us who are safely in Christ. Mm-hmm. And he gives like layer after layer of grace after grace after yeah. grace after grace, like all these seals, all these trumpets. There's not like there's one big giant reset button mm. and it's just done, but there's this opportunity and this chance for forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption over and over and mm-hmm. over. And it's just so hopeful in the midst of wrath and judgment. Yeah. It's still like this hope, this living hope that still exists. Like he's begging you to please reconsider. That's great. Yeah. I get from that too. God will not lose. So, so when people watch, they read revelations and they go, Oh man, it's just such a war and such a battle. And God's like, no, no, he's just setting it up. So he, re- he wins big every single, yeah. <laughs> it's all set up. I mean, there's, there's nothing he can do to get away from it. No, it's true. I mean, at the end, I don't, I mean, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear this ends, put, you know, cover your ears, la, 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 la. Right. Uh, but at the end, when Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, uh, Jesus doesn't even, he can't even be bothered to get off the throne. He just sends an angel to do it. It's right. <laughs> like, it's not a battle. They're not like, you know, Batman versus super. Actually, maybe it is Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, Batman, I think it would, I think you're right. Yeah. Because Batman never, has like all never these. a contest. Tri- yeah. Yeah. The only reason they made it a contest because they were trying to make a really bad movie. But in this world, like that, you know, it's not a contest. So he's and therefore the redemption. And there, the last thing, I know we we got to wrap this. But the other thing is the redemption and and uh, making us perfect while we're being sanctified. Yeah, there's this whole thing, the redemption yeah. part of it, the sanctification while while he's while keep you know making us perfect. We're being sanctified. It's pretty. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the, I don't know, the beauty of this is that, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be born into a fallen world, right? But I was, and we are. And so we can do a couple of things. We can pretend like we're not, right? And, and it's pretty easy to do that here. It's a lot easier. That's why most people here, we hear the book Revelation. A lot of people in the United States, they get kind of wigged out about this because this is not good news to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are not conversations that are having in Pakistan, right? They're like, oh, this sounds great to me. (laughs) This sounds amazing. But all of it has fallen and all of it is something that if, if, if anything, maybe God is giving us a gift in America to show just how little control we have. You know, to show that a, a person at a health department in a city bureaucratic place can make a decision to shut an entire city down with no recourse, no rebuttal. We, we have no control over that. Um, the illusion we have of control here is, is, a, is, is an illusion. It's just that. I, go ahead. No, no. I, uh, I just made me think of one thing off, off my mind, and that was very, very quickly was... In this world that we live in, this is kind of my practical way my, my brain thinks, is in, in the world that we live in right now, if people, us, are always wanting, we're always wanting to get something new and fresh and feel a new uh, adrenaline high. 
if we can understand, and, I, and I'm, I'm summing my brain up on this whole idea of deception and the devil always trying to distract us and all these things. If we can get to a point where we realize that being with Jesus and finding out what he has for us is better than um, than finding the new UFO, the new Sasquatch, yeah, yeah. the new th- Jesus, what about put more effort, which we have the ability to, by the way, and we have the will to, to put more effort into knowing Christ, to finding out what else he has, what other secrets he has that we don't know. Maybe the devil has convinced us that God, he's boring and that he's done all, everything already. We just need to go to church and sit there and... What if instead of wanting this high from finding out whether there's new UFOs or whether the Yeti has appeared in the next video, which, by the way, I'm, I love Yeti and Sasquatch videos. Um, <laughs> You'll notice the I've lack been, of surprise following that statement. Right. I mean, I, I've, I've watched numerous videos on it and I'm, I'm interested in it. But if, what if we put that effort into Christ? Realize he's a God of, of hope, like you, like you said, and he's got things that we don't even know that he's got for us like that's a different thing he's a, he's the most creative being in the world why don't we go to him for some exuberance and enthusiasm and yeah and, and, i mean that's yeah because yeah, that's and this is actually a great place to land because the fact is uh a sign is just something to tell you you're on the right road you know if i'm headed to Utah or the Grand Tetons. I mean, it seems like everybody I know right now has gone mm-hmm. to Yosemite this year. I'm like, that gummit, why am I not going there? Mm-hmm. You know, you stop at the sign on the way and take your picture and go back home. You've completely missed the point of the sign. All the sign was saying was, you're, you're on the right road. Mm-hmm. You're headed the right direction. And where we get in danger, where I think a lot of my friends do respect to those that are uh, all you're doing is posting about the next earthquake or whatever. Like, there's signs out there, but if that's all you're doing, you're literally like... It's like uh, parking in Wyoming and saying, wow, you're almost made it here. Here's a sign. I'm going to stay here a while. And I'm going to, as opposed to just go right by it and mm. know, because where the sign is leading is to this great and glorious place and to this great and glorious reward, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I still love what David Shindell said two weeks ago when he talked about his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, he had to drop her off at the hospital. She was sick. Wasn't sure if he was going to see her again and all these baloney bogus COVID rules that he couldn't go with her into there. And he said, I wasn't waiting. I wasn't thinking, man, I'm sure going to, what about dinner? What about you know, the what benefits? Of, for, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be with her. Hmm. And what I would hope is that any of these conversations that we could have will ultimately bring us back to that, not distracted yes. by uh, the, fu- the shiny things. Mm-hmm. That's it. But to take it back to Jesus, that, we can be warned. Hey, when we see this stuff, don't be surprised. You know, don't don't be surprised. This is what I said was going to happen. Mm. Don't be deceived. But come back to Jesus, because um, yeah. that's, I mean, He is our portion, and we get to he do it every Christ. single Sunday together yes. as a family at church. We get to do that every and and jump into the uh, the Jesus pool. That's weird. No, well, um, no I mean, no, yeah. you know what I mean. Like yeah. we get to come together and go. What does God have for us today? Yeah. We get to do that every single Sunday yeah. and see what he has for our families around us, friends around us. What does he have for us? That's that's yeah. something that we'll look forward to. Yeah. That's really good, man. We're blessed for that. Well, thank you. If you made it this long, congratulations. Um, Mo, if they want to stay in touch with us, uh, if someone listened for the first time, how do they get in touch with us? Conduitchurch.com is where you can find us. And this is our 14th podcast. 14th deeper podcast. Fascinating. So I don't know what that number means, but what it could mean is that maybe you haven't listened to the first 13. And so you can do that. Go back. um, By just going back through our podcast catalog and catching up on this whole sermon series, which is the big reveal through the book of Revelation, which I heard Jason say a little bit ago, Revelations. You've said that a oh, couple I'm times. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. I missed that. I think it's just Revelation. It is Revelation. Okay. okay. Yep. It is. Uh, and so, yeah, you can catch up on our podcast. You can catch up uh, on YouTube as well if you want to watch our services, youtube.com and search Conduit Church. And yeah, there's so many ways for you to stay in touch with us. Yeah. And would you guys do us a favor and review these things, like them, put the stars on them? I don't know, whatever podcast format you're on. It actually does help. And there really are people listening to this, like people even in not in our country this week in Ghana. Again, we've got Ghana. 
uh, Andrew and Glenda in Canada. I always know there's going to be at least a couple from yeah. Canada, but but we've got another little cadre of people in Canada that have been listening. God, God is, is using this to other people. And so if this has been a blessing to you and, and is impacting to you, would you mind going and giving it a review, putting some stars by it just to help us be more accessible and, and found? And, uh, and the last thing I'll say is that if you've been... Um, maybe uh, convicted as you've been listening to this and thinking, man, I, I don't have any idea where I stand with Jesus or what, uh, or my relationship with him might be. Would you do us a favor? Email us info at conduitchurch.com. Someone would absolutely love to pray with you about that. And if there's anything else you just need prayer for, man, email that as well. We have a group of prayer warriors every Tuesday morning led by Donna Van Leer that would just love to be mm-hmm. praying for whatever needs that you have. And yeah, you're in the Nashville area. We'd love to see you on Sunday. Worship with us in person, 8, 30, 10, and 11, 30. Uh, and as Mo said, you know, always you can catch us online, conduitchurch.com at 10 a.m. So God bless you guys, and we will catch you next time on our little deeper podcast. <laughs>